welcome to Sparkler Podcast number 29. Today we are going to be talking about TCAF. So I'm here today with two wonderful creators who were with us at TCAF this year. <laughs> Do I count? I'm Leanne Centaur. I'm the, the uh, managing editor and prose editor of uh, Sparkler. And I'm Heldred. I'm the author of Orange Junk at Sparkler Monthly. And uh, Heldred came all the way from Mexico to Toronto, Canada to sign copies of her book and a lovely orange junk prints. And uh, it was really great yeah. to meet her because, uh, you know, that's one of the best things about cons is getting to actually meet people from far away. This was your first time in Canada, wasn't it, Heldred? Yeah, it was the first time, actually. Was it cold? <laughs> yeah, a, lot, a whole lot colder than <laughs> it is in Mexico. I mean, right now... We're melting, <laughs> so it was a nice change of weather. You were wearing like layers all weekend while we <laughs> were supposed to wear t-shirts. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but it, it wasn't actually that cold. Well, maybe a little, but you get used to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, a few days in, and I was already like at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, you know, because TCAF is sort of early to mid-May every year. It's a real toss-up what the weather in Toronto is going to be like. Yeah, we had hail a I think couple it years ago. It might have snowed. It hailed, it hailed a couple years ago. There might have been very light, brief snow one year. Um, because you always, in Toronto and a lot of Canada, even in the, the spring, you'll get like a little bit of snow that will almost immediately melt. <laughs> oh, so wow. sometimes people who come to uh, Toronto, they're like, oh, I hope it snows. It never snows where I am. And it's like, well, you might. <laughs> You might get just a little bit. It's it's uh, a very interesting weather weekend for sure. You never really know yeah. what you're going to get. Mm. Oh, well, it would have been really interesting to see if it snows there. <laughs> <laughs> if you come in the winter, it won't stop snowing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of miserable in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's freezing there. But uh, yeah, so uh, TCAF, as some of you may know, is one of our favorite shows just because you know yep. it's it's. Such good artists there. It's a really good crowd. It's a lot of fun. It's really well run. The hours aren't crazy like other, you know, a lot of anime cons where they're open from, you know, 11 to 11 on a Friday where no one's getting mm -hmm. off work till 5. <laughs> and in fact, that's why, you know, it's called TCAF, which stands for Toronto Comic Arts Festival. They really don't want the word con anywhere new it, near it. Yeah. Um, and some of the ways that it's different from a, you know, a traditional con or publishing conference, besides, like Rebecca said, the, the hours are pretty short. It's basically just a, um, a Saturday-Sunday show, which is sort of like 9 to 5 and then 10 to 5, which is kind of unheard of in convention hours. It's actually a free show, and it takes place in the Toronto Reference Library, which is this really cool building with a lot of floors oh, that yeah. they basically set up a lot of small tables at. Um, and it extends to a couple hotels. They're sort of like, you know, places where they can do panels. They have special guests in different areas and, and ballrooms and stuff. But the majority of it is in the Toronto Reference Library and completely open to the public. And it's a it's an all ages show as well. So you'll have sort of like a kids section that's like an arch with balloons in it. If you go through it, that's where all the kids thing is. They'll have like draw your own comics for the kids. They'll bring big uh, kids authors like um, Svetlana Chomkova is there with Brave, the, which is, I don't know if it's <laughs> technically out yet or they were advanced copies with uh, from Yen Press. And that book is so good. That book is amazing. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that book is so amazing. It's the sequel to Awkward. Yeah. But, like, you know, different cast of characters and kind of heartbreaking and also uh, a guide to whether or not your friends are actually bullies, which is probably yeah. very useful for uh, for a lot of middle school kids who uh, 
whose friends aren't very nice to them. Yeah. Oh, it was a very powerful book. And they, they have, there's a fair amount of, um, you know, kids' content there. They, they've had, like, Raina, uh, I'm going to say her name wrong, Raina Tellemeyer, uh, who does Smile and Drama and uh, Sisters, that really, really huge comic artist for Scholastic. She's done some stuff there before. And just uh, kind of in general, they, they go from that to sort of really, really adult comics, like... Um, mm. What's his first name? Gengoro uh, Taga. Uh, uh-huh. Gengoro Tagami. Gengoro, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's a big, uh, he does gay comics. I say the word gay, like G-E-I, they spell it. It used to be called Bada, but it's basically comics about gay men written for men. So it's different yeah. from like Yaoi or Boys Love. He's a fantastic <laughs> artist. And some <laughs> of the those big movies. muscly guys. Big yeah, muscly big guys. Yeah. Like that, yeah. The big muscly <laughs> guys who look very happy and blushy to be there. Which Oh know. yeah. I mean his new book this year, which was a really big deal, um, through Pantheon, I believe, was My Brother's Husband, which has yes. basically just come out and is also very tame by his standards. <laughs> um some of the stuff he's had in previous years, it's like we it definitely needed to be separate from the kids section, but it it sort of shows the range of stuff that, that TCAF will have. You'll have these, you know, basically for everybody and then of course everything in between there's a ton of indie artists there um there's not a huge manga presence but there's always a, a solid manga presence and there is a very strongly growing webcomics presence there that has kind of always been there but it, you know in the earlier days it was more sort of indie comics and locals and maybe like you know first second and and drawn on quarterly and, and uh companies like that and now you're starting to see like well check please was uh, one of the big guests oh, yeah. this year and last year she wasn't a, i don't think she was technically a guest last year but she brought the house down there were lines yeah. out the door for every, her, so this every year. year there's at least one or two people who they put in with the the general artists who really need to be off in the signing room in the signing rooms because they they have the a crowd, fan base yeah. that's so big that the people who run it didn't really realize how big it was going to be and Check Please mm. was that last year, so they moved her to the other building this time, so she wouldn't wow. block everyone else's. Uh, I mean, that was like Andrew Hussey like four years ago, and then uh, yeah, actually E.K. Weaver had like a really big line mm-hmm. back right when the end of T.J. Animal was coming out. Uh, they, Hamlet they, Machine. They try, yeah, they try really hard to not have like massive uh, roadblocks right in front of other people's booths, but it always happens a little bit. <laughs> Well, they've done this year especially was really good. They've actually started expanding to different areas of the library and the the uh, hotels and, and surrounding buildings. So I felt like the the flow was really good this year. So it was always busy, and there were some lines rather they were lineups for some things, but not as much as I expected. Like in, in years past, where you had to really line up and wait for a long time just to get into a room, like not even to see anybody, but to get into a room. <laughs> But this year, I mean, it's like every year gets a little bit better. And this year I thought was just really flawless. I mean, people were so happy. I just, yeah. a lot of good customers, a lot of really happy artists, a lot of really great talent spread out in such a way that there weren't <laughs> bottlenecks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. I really liked it. Yeah, why don't you tell us about your, you know, because we've gone, oof, I mean, like, Becca used to work at it, but like we've gone mm-hmm. as Sparkler for like four years. But this was your first TCAF, so why don't you tell us sort of your yeah. impression? Well, I was really surprised because uh, I had never seen something like that before. I mean, I arrived on Friday Friday morning, and um, the first thing I did was to go right away to the panels. And it was a great experience because actually the first I went to was Ngozi's uh, panel, the author mm. of Checklist. And 
she was talking about something really interesting. It was about uh, writing a story about what you don't know. Mm. And it was really useful. And then I went to other two panels, which were also really good. And I think that was a great experience because I had never been to panels where actual uh, comic artists would talk about their experiences and, and well, everything you need to know. Um, if you're an author, sometimes you need to someone to tell you about their experiences in, in this webcomic industry. Mm. And then during the weekend, well, it was amazing because I had never seen so many people selling books. Mm. And <laughs> well, I had to go to every artist I, I knew to buy their book and I got a really huge comic hole. <laughs> so, yeah, it, was, it was great. I got um, some artists' um, signatures such as Gengoro Tagame. Mm. I got his signature, also Svetlana's, and even Brian Lee O'Malley. So, yeah, it was really cool. Oh, yeah, he stopped by, too. I mean, he's from Toronto. He used to work there, so, yeah. like, with the beguiling. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's kind of his show, yeah. I always forget a little bit that Brian Lee O'Malley is, like, famous because he used to work at my <laughs> store, and so I had all these, like, Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. My God. <laughs> oh, yeah, we yeah. did. So, because we had you this year, and I was a little bit... um you know, we didn't have super formal signings because we always kind of try to read the room when, because we never know where we're going to be placed until like the day before mm -hmm. we arrive, which was also true this year. We had a really great placement um, at the door. We had this six foot banner of Gabe from Magical Hell. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Kind of oh, yeah. Taking over the doorway. Um, but with uh, Heldrad, we wanted to do sort of, you know, we did kind of like rough signing hours, like a little bit, you know, just to have her sit at the table and kind of answer questions about her book and, and signing. And you had a couple big fans and fellow webcomic artists who came from oh, you. You're getting oh, fan yeah. art people were giving you. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> what did you get? Who, who gave you stuff? Well, I think Birds555, that's <laughs> what she's called. Yeah, Bir Birds555. Uh -huh. She's uh, a reader from back then in from the Smack Jeeves times. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I remember oh, her. Yeah. yeah, so it was really sweet to actually meet her. And getting hair fine art, it was really sweet. I know uh, we tweeted that one. I took a picture oh, of you holding right. it. Cause... <laughs> yeah, I think I need to tweet about it too. Actually, I still haven't finished unpacking, so <laughs> I still need to like scan all the doodles and drawings we got there. Yeah, you were doing some sort of drawing, because there was you and a couple other artists, and you you were drawing each other's characters or drawing <laughs> each other's style? Yeah, at the party, uh, we started drawing because... We felt kind of awkward. I really didn't know who to talk to. So my friend and I, Ghosty, the author of Autophobia, and we decided to start doodling and drawing in the meantime. But then uh, more artists and friends came over to our table and then it, began, it became a big group of... Everyone was like drawing our own characters, but in the other's style. So it was really <laughs> fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was That's that was really great. neat. I didn't, yes. I, I didn't get to see everything, but I was looking over uh, Angie Mori's shoulder and oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> Joey Chi showed me hers and like, yeah, that was that was really neat. I mean, yeah, that was that was really cool. I, I saw, um, I I don't know if they were collected on social media because I saw kind of glances of it, but everything I saw was really cool. I mean, what mm -hmm. a great prompt for you guys to kind of try to mimic each other's style. I love it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we had never done that before, and it was really fun. I still need to scan my drawings and put it out 
on nice. Twitter and tag everyone. <laughs> but I really <laughs> want to do it right now. <laughs> Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. We're, we're still kind of unpacking. We oh, just yeah. Got back. I mean, my, my yeah. uh, nothing, <laughs> nothing is out of the van yet. So <laughs> I know. What yeah, it's me like. too. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Joey Chichan, who, um, she does Lavender Tea, the webcomic. Oh, yeah. Um, she gave me Toki Demon's fan art too, which was really great. That was adorable. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm frame it. She's really it sweet. It's one of oh, yeah. my best friends in Twitter, and Aww. she's awesome. She's amazing. I think she lives in Toronto. Mm, yeah, I think a bit uh, north. I don't remember exactly where she lives, but yeah, she's really close to, to where we were at Titika. Yeah, because I've seen her for years at shows. I mean, like, I almost wonder if I saw her at Anime North years ago when we used to do that, but definitely the last couple TCAFs, and <laughs> she's just great. Yeah, she is. Is that your dog? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. <laughs> So we had a couple unique items that we brought sort of to the show. So the the Orange Junk Kickstarter, which will be fulfilling soon, the uh, volumes two and three, you finished all the bonus material, the ebooks are out, uh, and we're the pre-press technician who is uh, Rhiannon Rasmussen Silverstein, forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, who did the pre-press on Knights Errant, which came out so good. So I was like, <laughs> will you please do Orange Junk? So um they they recently got their files so we can uh that's going to be going to the printer soon but some of the merch came in early so we were able to bring some of it to tcaf so All the right. uh the little drew keychain oh my gosh it's like drew and a puppy yeah the, the keychain <laughs> with drew and the puppy is the best it's so cute oh gosh and we had so heldra did dakimakura designs which is like the sexy body pillowcase uh for the kickstarter and we didn't have the, the pillowcases themselves yet, but we did have the bookmark versions. So we had these little <laughs> kind of like sexy bookmarks. And yeah. we were we were very careful. It was like when somebody bought some orange junk merch, we would slip them a bookmark because they were otherwise just kind of for display. But we were giving them to sort of cool people and people <laughs> who bought other stuff. And there was some guy who really wanted to buy Bruce. And I'm like, no, you have to, you know, buy this print or buy this book. And he's like, but I just... I just want the bookmark and I have to have it. I'm like, you can't have it. You... Yeah. He's a package oh, deal. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. We... And they turned that... out awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would say, actually, in our experience, I think we've sold more Dakimakara with men on them to men uh, than we've sold them to women. And I don't really? necessarily. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the man is buying it for his friend or girlfriend, which mm -hmm. is always kind of an adorable sign of yeah. a but otherwise or sometimes they're just like no i want to take him home i think maybe there might be a slightly bigger dakimakura market already targeted to men so they're like okay throw him in my bed too i, I don't know what it is oh but God. men really love them so <laughs> that's great <laughs> and there was one who really wanted bruce <laughs> okay that bruce is excellent he's yeah, wearing leopard print that. shorts all right <laughs> that was done via like <laughs> yeah the consensus on that uh, live stream that was great yeah, yeah. On, on live stream. We also yeah. had very special prints, and you signed a bunch of them for us, so I think we might do like a special giveaway or something with them at some point. The um, the masquerade picture that you did. Oh, uh, sure. It was, uh, I'm trying to remember what chapter it was. It was, I know it came out around Halloween, because we did, we used it for the cover for Sparkler, and mm. the, the Orange Junk Kickstarter was around then, too. Yeah, I think it was 24. I don't remember. I think it, it might is. have been, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's actually... The, it might be the cover of the Volume 4 ebook that's coming out. Uh, sometimes the ebooks and the paperbacks have different covers. I like oh. that sometimes so people know which one they're getting. Mm. <laughs> so they're, why is it my book in the mail? It's like it's already on your tablet. <laughs> but, uh, but I think I need to draw something new for that cover, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, you have those the the paperback covers. So, so this is interesting. If you guys are familiar with Orange Junk Volume One, there's that really great shot of Louise, Drew, and Bruce um, with kind of like the three color colors behind them. It's sort of pink and orange and green. Yeah. And uh, Heldred did very similar covers for Volume Two and Three that we hadn't used yet. So Volume Two was because I think we had a we had a different cover for the ebook, but the paperback is going to be. Mm-hmm. Is it Bruce Miles and what's his name? I can't think Ryan? of his name. <laughs> the, the, the one Ryan. who with flowers around his Yeah, yeah the little <laughs> flower boy. <laughs> yeah, they're all doing sort of like the male model pose on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> and then volume three, which was the, like the, the end of the uh, male modeling arc and the beginning of like the mm. Christmas arc, is Drew, Louise, and Bruce wearing ugly Christmas sweaters. <laughs> ah, yeah, ugly sweaters. <laughs> it is so great. Do, do you know what you want to do eventually for the Volume 4 lineup? Uh, well, I think it's the start of the new semester. Maybe everyone with uh, clothes for their cook clubs. Like maybe yeah. Louise with her rock band and, <laughs> oh, and I... clothes and Bruce with his dancing clothes. I don't know. Maybe that could work. <laughs> I love well, Louise and the rock <laughs> band. I think that's so great. Yeah. Because yeah. she's not I, cool I, enough, but she's trying. <laughs> she's no, trying she's so hard. Cool. She's like, I'm so cool. What am I? What do I do with myself? I'm so confused. <laughs> I know. What's amazing about you, Heldred, is Orange Junk is constantly going, and you churn out those pages like like nothing else. There's always so much Orange Junk stuff coming out. It's like there's always Orange Junk in my life. Like <laughs> there's always a chapter I haven't read yet, or pictures that you put on social media, or new covers rolling in. And it's just, I get to bathe myself in orange junk material. And I think your readership feels the same. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, it's my only story I'm working on right now. So everything I think, it's about them. So Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's all I have in my mind right now. And we, we all benefit. We, <laughs> of course. We, I'm not going to say anything now, but you, you keep... Uh, putting little hints of spoilers on like the the artist chat we have and yeah oh god it sounds so good yeah, guys we're so oh, we're really junk. excited uh, i mean it's yeah. always good but it's gonna get so good it's gonna get good guys so please keep reading <laughs> <laughs> that was our our tcaf bonus we got to spend so much of the weekend with you and i mean you went to go see other artists and we had to like work but then uh after the show we got to hang out and we do an annual party every year so this is something we've been doing um i think this is actually the fifth year but uh i know we, we sent out the invitation publicly so i should probably explain what happened but in the in the first year about five years ago uh we called it like a manga mixer because it was specifically for manga industry people and creators to get together and the first time we did it was literally like a dinner with like 10 people mostly because there wasn't much manga at tcaf at that point so it was sort of Uh like they were manga editors who came and and Uh and that's actually when i got to know lisa patillo really well she came to dinners um who now obviously i work with her in a lot of capacities and she is the you know she was the main web admin for sparkler for many years she designed the sparkler website she does basically all of our covers so she'll be doing you know orange junk two and three Basically, she does all the Sparkler book covers that come out because she's amazing. Yeah, and sometimes oh, she's yes, your boss, she and sometimes you're her boss. And it's like... Yeah, yeah, she's my <laughs> boss over at Seven Seas. So we we started as kind of a dinner, and then 
over the years, we made it a little bit more of a party. We kind of opened it up a little more, but it was always semi-private. Like it was mostly Mm -hmm. by invitation. And it was just kind of, we used to do it on Fridays as well. Um, And it just kind of got a little bit smaller last year. We had to move venues and and just not many people came. And I was like, you know what, let's let's try and make this more of a public event. I think that it being on Friday was really inconvenient for a lot of people. And originally we didn't want to compete with the other Saturday night events at TCAF because there's a ton of events. But most of the people who go to those events weren't going to the sparkler party anyway and vice versa so we're like okay this year we decided first of all we got rid of the word manga mixer and we called it the sparkler tcaf mixer so everybody was like is this a group date because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i think manga mixer made more sense especially when it was more intimate and it was just a bunch of people talking but i think next year we're just going to call it the sparkler tcaf party because everybody thought that <laughs> it's like what dress nice so you're gonna get drunk and try to go home with someone i mean like you can but yeah. like that's not the point of the party <laughs> So this year we made it totally public and we were like, basically yeah. anybody can come. And the result is this party was ridiculous this year. There were so many people. Oh yeah, they people, were. <laughs> God, it was like, like three separate parties. Like everybody was going in these big, you know, they'd get in a little circle and talk because it was, you know, it was like mm. a room in a club. But you, you know, you couldn't talk across the room. So people would kind of go in these circles and the circles got bigger and bigger and it just got louder and louder. And it got to the yeah. point where around like nine or 10 o'clock at night, there was this group of like, stone-faced hotties i've never met <laughs> oh my God. and like nodding at someone in the back of the room and coming like hey what's up and i'm like this oh my party God. is not really big but you know you're all welcome and and what's funny is like the next day and even that night we were getting people tweeting oh thanks sparkler for the big party and it was like a bunch of creators i really wanted to meet and i had no idea they were even there <laughs> it was so i know big. i also made so many <laughs> yeah like it, it it was great so thanks for everyone who came to that party we're gonna do it exactly the same next year because that was off the fucking hook (laughs) yeah it was amazing and hearing that you were in a group of artists like doing these art prompts of of, uh, imitating each other's styles in the artist corner of the room i mean like that's a fucking comics party am i right yeah (laughs) you know yeah i had an amazing time at the party but i did get stuck in one conversation about hockey and now i regret not coming over to your group Uh. and avoiding it too much hockey. <laughs> when you're in Canada, you can't avoid it. Ever. Yeah, Emily yeah, Compton right. <laughs> and uh, Moon Klutz of Slash Report were talking about hockey, and I couldn't get away. <laughs> and I love them both, but not when they're talking about hockey. And the other thing that was good about the show is we got to talk, I mean, both the party and kind of a TCAF itself, we got to talk a lot about our new series, um, which is, you know, so in addition to have kind of having Orange Junk fans and getting to celebrate Orange Junk and, and sort of uh, have Heldrad there and all this new merch to kind of you know, Yay. I want to say like an orange junk festival at our table. This was also happening right in the middle of us launching a bunch of our new series as part of this summer oh, of Sparkler. Right. Um, and one of them, which will be out by the time this, this uh, podcast is out, so I can say it here, uh, Sunshine Boy is a, <laughs> one of the series that we're launching right around this time uh, with issue whatever, 46, I think we're on, which was a, a big tapas series. Uh, tapas slash tapastic yeah. that we freaking loved. It and, is a uh, delight. It is. Oh the, god, yeah. it is so good. And, and what's great is we had this special postcard that we made up for TCAF, which was promoting the three new series. One of them was Yellow Hearts, which we talked about a little bit last month, and now yeah. why everybody can enjoy and, it. Our know, just Yellow reminding Hearts is you that Yellow yeah. Hearts is freaking amazing, and if you haven't read it yet, you need to go read it. So you know, yeah, it oh, is amazing. Yeah. I'm loving it so far. Oh, so oh good. yeah, it's just. So great. I, I look forward to having. I think Keezy's going to come on and do a uh, a podcast with us as well about that soon. The second comic, um, which was sort of a partnership that we were having with, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing their names right, but they go by 
Ellie and Viv is Heart of Gold, which launched between um, Queen Yellow Hearts and and this podcast. And this is one that it's not in the magazine yet, um, but it's sort of like free serialization on our site. And it might, I think we're going to be doing some stuff with it in the magazine as well, but it was like kind of, um, we were partnering with them on something uh, and we were like, okay, maybe we'll put the the comic pages on our site and the Sparkler readers freaking love it, which is great. Cause I was like, yeah. I think the Sparkler readers are going to like you. Let's, uh, let's try this thing because we're, we're in a system now where in this year we're, we're partnering up with more creators than necessarily uh, doing the traditional Sparkler route. Cause uh, you, you guys know the traditional route by now, which is something that's in the magazine and then it slowly serializes mm-hmm. for free online online one of the first ways that we deviated from that was actually with you Heldred, uh mm. that we did orange junk that it was an existing comic that we folded into the magazine because before that we only had content that was totally new all right and that was what two years ago mm. it was a while ago yeah yeah two years <laughs> and since then and we always had sort of sparkler distro we were you know shipping out people's books and stuff but as time goes on we have like more and more creators that are kind of teaming up with us on particular projects or we're like sharing you know, sharing stuff like like in the case of Heart of Gold, you can read ahead on their Patreon, not mm. like in the magazine, but on the Patreon, at oh, least for now. Oh. Um, and same thing with sort of Decoy and Retrofit, which with Bell and Hazel, uh, the creators of Always Raining here, that comic is you can download it in Sparkler, you can download it on their Patreon, because there's so many different ways that creators are distributing their content now. Mm. And uh, lots of ways that you can kind of, I don't want to say share the content, but kind of like collaborate on it in new and interesting ways which expands the amount of content that we're allowed to have and the different ways that we can kind of cross promote. And heart of gold is something that we were really excited about. We couldn't, couldn't talk about it. You know, like it was sort of a secret <laughs> and it launched and it's like, and it's really very different from the, the kind of stuff that's usually on our website. Uh, yeah. It's slow, very atmospheric. I shouldn't say slow. It's very deliberate, mm-hmm. but it's very art heavy. It's got a, a very European style to it. Yeah. Uh, and it's about a, a priest who is a faith healer mm-hmm. in a small French town in the 1980s. And this guy who is sort of investigating, not investigating him, but he's kind of like trying to unravel what it is about this guy. Why does he seem to be like healing people? Um, and it's like a mystery romance. And it's really, really cool, but like definitely different from what we usually do. And and sparkler readers love it. And I'm so glad because you never really know when you're introducing something new that we, we always feel like, I think sparkler readers would like this, but it's different. So I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. um, and that was really good. And then the third one being sunshine boy. So we had this TCAF postcard that was the three series and um, people were stopping by and seeing it. And they were like, Oh my God, sunshine boy. I love that comic. Is that going on sparkler? I read it on tap as like, yes, <laughs> it's coming very soon. Yeah. So we found that also with magical how last time we went to TCAF. I mean, now we had the giant Gabe banner, which was yeah. actually popular. <laughs> People were taking a lot of selfies. Yeah, in front of I, t- I took a picture of somebody. Somebody wanted a picture with it, and they put it on Twitter, and and uh, that was pretty great. Uh, there was a, <laughs> there was a tiny child who wanted to give Gabe a hug, and his mom was like, "Let's see if we can find something else with the girl on it." And I didn't correct her about the gender, and just gave this little kid like a like a we had Kickstarter flyers. So I'm like, "Here you go, tiny child. Don't look this up. It's full of swearing, but you just want the pretty picture." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, that was adorable. <laughs> oh, yeah. I and mean, because Magical How, I mean, besides the fact that Magical How is awesome, because the Kickstarter is running right now, and it will still be running by the time this podcast comes out as well. Right. We had sort of special flyers for the Kickstarter, and then we put them sort of next to Gabe, because, <laughs> like, Gabe really can't miss him. He was taller than I am. Uh, it was uh, really great. And, and people, like, 
for the last year, people have been stopping us and being like, oh, Magical How is that in paperback yet? And now we got to hand them a flyer and be like, you can pre-order it now to make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Before that, it was mostly like we had a little bit of, you know, promotional material. And they're like, oh, I love Mm -hmm. Magical How. And I feel like that that was also on Tapas at one point, right? Oh, I think so. She she left. But when we we picked up uh, Magical How, it was on its own website. But I think it might have been on Tapas before that or something. There there wasn't that much out when we picked it up, though, so... It couldn't no, have been too but much. I, I think a lot of people will cross post on Tapas too. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm not entirely Tapascarica, but <laughs> not to get too much into the drama. But they used to cross post on Tapas. I don't know going forward. Yeah, there's been um, there's been stuff happening this week with Tapas, but <laughs> that's not really the topic. <laughs> yeah, of this yeah, month, we won't get but... into that. But uh, I hope but, everyone yeah, I mean... is feeling okay and and yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, it, it's been very interesting that like you uh. Heldred, you came mm. from Ink Blazers. Oh, well. right. That was another yeah. place where it was sort of, and I think, I think we approached you after Ink Blazers shut down, right? Yeah. Well, actually, it was me because I was looking for some place who could actually print my books. So I was thinking on your distro uh, service, but then I, oh, I yeah. wrote you an email, and then you asked me to, well, if I was uh, willing to joined you guys so i was really happy because i really didn't see that coming at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah i remember that because i think at first we were like okay let's do a distro because i read a little bit of your comic but not a lot but then i sat down and read it and i was like oh my god this is amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah and also we had sent it i sort of like sent it to the other editors and i was like you know this this uh this woman wants to do distro you know i think she's fine it like seems up our alley let's do it and then they wrote me back like did you read it this comic is amazing. Like, read the whole thing. Can we have it? Can we buy it? Can we, you know, can we hire her? And uh, it was a big, it was a big thing. It was, it was funny how much you charmed us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, so I, I can't imagine. You know, I can't imagine Sparkler without you. And what's interesting is something similar happened with. I mean, with a lot of our submissions, things will happen where mm-hmm. some people like when it's a good series, everybody will get excited about it at once. Although mm-hmm. that one was funny because we really reviewing you for that, and then we're like. But can we do it? It's so great. <laughs> um, Yellow Book was another example that we were reviewing submissions, and then we had some things that were um, basically other comics that were running that were really suggested to us, or pitched to us, or contacted us, or, or whatever. Some stuff kind of goes through Hive because we're partnered with them. So mm-hmm. between us and Hive, they're they're in contact with a lot of people. And Orange, uh, sorry, Yellow Hearts kind of came through the pipeline. And I'm like, okay, you know, add it to the pile. Well, I'll review it. And then, like, all of a sudden, my email lit up. Everybody's like, oh, we need this one. <laughs> so oh, yeah. it's a good sign. Yeah, we, all, we, all, we always take take turns being the first one to freak out just based on who has the time. Because, yeah, cause I, <laughs> I think I was flipping out over Yellow Hearts. Leah was flipping out over Sunshine Boy because she read that one first. Uh, yeah. I don't remember who read Orange Junk first because that was so long ago. Maybe it was you, Leanne. I think it was Jill. Oh, was it Jill? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah like, you know, we're all obviously shoujo fans, but Jill is like the <laughs> queen of the shoujo fans. Like, if you see her house, it's just like, you know, she's, she's fluent in Japanese and she's got like... Oh, you know, awesome. <laughs> shelves upon shelves of the, the shoujoist shoujo manga. Like, for a while, she had all of Ribbon from the 90s, like the magazine. <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, she, and she has almost every Otome game that exists in Japan she buys and plays. Like, she's uh, she's like the real 
yeah, shoujo head in our office. And I mean, <laughs> and, and she's our, our CFO, so she doesn't do like as much editorial stuff. She does with submissions. We like to have her review mm-hmm. it. But yeah, I think she was the one that was like, um, we need orange junk. I don't know about you guys, but like, fine, <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you, Jill, for putting orange junk in our lives. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of orange junk, we also have... Um, I know we mentioned the Kickstarter earlier because I think some people listening to this probably pledged to that Kickstarter. Uh, we also have stickers that like uh, Heldred handed in recently, and I can't wait to print those Dakimakura on the giant. Pi- the pillowcases are five feet tall, so they're going to be really great. Uh, one of the questions we tend to get a lot from people is, I guess, is less of a question and more of a request. Is like you should do insert name of con. You know, you should do this con that I go to, this other con that I go to. And for the most part, we only have a couple of cons that we do every year of Sparkler. We do TCAF, obviously, because we love TCAF. (laughs) Our our headquarters is technically in Toronto, even though we're kind of a Mm -hmm. digital remote company for the most part. That's where we're located. But also, you know, Leanne and I both lived in Toronto, so we've got a lot of friends and a lot of couches that we can crash on and that sort of a thing. So, you know, (laughs) we always make that kind of our vacation, stay a couple extra days and and hang out with old friends and stuff. We also do Kineticon because Leanne and I live in Connecticut and it's 15 minutes from my house, if that. Oh, great. (laughs) So that one's really nice. Uh, we've done a little bit of, uh, well, we did Bishonen Con this year for the first time, which was Uh actually, you know, it's a small, it's a small con, but it's really perfect for us. It's like, just, Uh it's a lot of, you know, 20 something women who are there for the shoujo and the yaoi and the female gaze stuff. And we can provide all of that. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that despite kind of small numbers, uh, we still do really well there, and it's just also a really good crowd. So uh, that was, mm-hmm. was this our first year? Yes. So yeah. Bishon Khan is uh, like basically it was supposed to be the East Coast version of Yaoi Khan, which is uh, run by DMP. And I, I think DMP might have also run this one more or less. I mean, they, there's like a staff and stuff, but I think DMP was sort of either backing it or sponsoring it or something. Um, and Yaoi Khan, which is old. I mean, that it had its 10th anniversary a while ago. I feel like it might be sort of in the 15-year mark. Uh, this Bishonen Khan they've been talking about for a while. It's still an 18-plus Khan, the way that Yaoi Khan is. But from what I understood, they were trying to make it a little bit more inclusive than just Yaoi. They were looking for kind of like Femme Slash or Shoujo or, or you know, the variations of boys' love and kind of queer content. And just, you know, kind of for 18-plus women. And the crowd was definitely smaller than Yaoi Con, but especially for a first-year con, it really wasn't bad, and it was very well run. We really liked it, uh, and it's also it's quite close to where uh, Rebecca and I are, so similar to Kineticon, it was like, well, you know, it's kind of local, let's check it out. And a lot of cool artists were there. We were right across from um, Lucid and Jack, uh, who are, Lucid does the comic Aviale, and the two of them are both part of, uh, what is it, Lucky Juice Press, the the doujinshi group. Mm-hmm. And they had just debuted their Yuri on Ice doujinshi there, which sold out in like a matter of hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, before the, the the room even opened, I uh, ran I, I ran for it and I bought it because it was gone <laughs> shortly after. <laughs> so uh, Bishonen Kama is really great. I, I think we'll probably do that again, especially since you never know with the first year that it might be kind of rough, but it really wasn't. And the crowd was really great so and it's probably only going to get bigger next year because i know a lot of people are always scared about <laughs> the first year and then traditionally we also do yaoi con every year as long as lillian is able she's sort of our 
our editor on the, the West Coast. She's in Los yeah. Angeles, but she usually makes a, a weekend of it and goes to YaoiCon. And last year, actually, Rebecca and I also went to YaoiCon um, because we had we were doing something else in the city around that time. So we're like, oh, we'll just stick around and do YaoiCon. Man, I loved that show. Oh God, <laughs> Rebecca will tell you. I that was the one like where anything. Leanne just totally neglected all of her table duties and just went to every panel <laughs> possible. Oh God, it was so good. So I mean, like the guest of honor this year was Hinako Takanaga, who does oh, one great. of my favorite boys love manga yeah. ever, which is The Tyrant Falls in Love, and uh, she had some really great industry stories and also what was like the the worst deadline story you have and she had a couple good ones one of which was i was biking the pages to my editor's office and got hit by a car and was calling her from the ambulance and asking the nurses to vouch for me that i wasn't lying i had the pages i was just going to the hospital (laughs) (laughs) they also had a screening of uh dokusei the movie which is so good by the way and i'd already seen in a special showing in new york city with a room full of fangirls, which was like a theater full of fangirls, which was so great. I was actually with Jen Doyle that weekend. We, we did, a bunch of us got together and saw Dokusei. But they also showed it at YaoiCon. And the um, there was somebody in the production staff there. I'm, I'm trying to remember who she was. From Japan, they brought over. Maybe, I don't know if she was the director or, or marketer or something like that. But she had apparently been very ill, but still came to... <laughs> I mean, you couldn't tell from talking to her, but she was coming in and talking about the reception in Japan and the reception there, um, answering a bunch of questions. And they had these giveaways that were like special booklets that, from the from the mangaka. And oh, my God, it was just this show was so great. And, and also the the dealer's room and stuff. That's where we met um, Toral, who does Hot Blood. And uh, Belle and Hazel, I think, were there from Always Writing here yeah, as well. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen them a bunch of places. But, you know, I'm always happy to see them again. But they were specifically West Coast people whom I'd never met who were there. Um, and Toro was the most significant one because she, she, Hot Blood had just come out. And we're like, okay, well, I need to buy this. I, Lillian might have already pledged on the Kickstarter. Um, <laughs> I think I did, but I didn't have the physical copy. And Toro was basically like, I don't know what to do with all these books. And we're like, well, you can give them to us. And so that's okay. why it's the sparkler shop. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have a kitchen table anymore. I just have boxes of Hot Blood. Yeah, Yeah, that's why. uh, So that wouldn't have happened if we we hadn't gone there. So um, and that's great. You know, like we we really love Hot Blood and actually it did quite well at TCAF as well, because it's a Mm -hmm. it's a new book. It's an omnibus. It is super beautiful. And we're really happy to be the distributor for it. So we we (laughs) we're always happy to talk it up um, because when Toral mentioned that we were like, um, we love your book. Can we sell it for you? (laughs) But yeah, that's that's another thing that we do at cons a lot is, you know, you just you meet people and you have those really like intense conversations that are half being a fan and half being a just making sort of business connections and friendly connections. And, uh, you know, it's I guess it's networking. Oh, yeah. I mean, part of the reason we don't do more is because of the expense. And basically any publisher will tell you this. But uh, it is very hard to turn a profit as a publisher at a show. If you're a retailer, mm-hmm. sometimes just because of how much material that you have mm-hmm. uh, and people come specifically looking for stuff. If you are a creator, you can – I mean, creator is also very hard, don't get – and retailer too. But you also have kind of like one book you're promoting. You can yeah. sign it. You know, you're sort of going there to meet your fans. As a publisher, you're kind of in this weird middle ground <laughs> yeah. where – you, you, you have a limited supply of what you're selling, basically just either what you're publishing or distributing. And a lot of the time our, our creator is not there to do signings and stuff. 
So it, it's it's tricky. It's still worth doing, but it's why we don't do more. And it's also why a lot of, for example, people probably notice that the, in the manga industry, manga publishers started going to anime cons less and less because of this mm-hmm. reason. That it was like you did it sort of for promotion and outreach, but it was very hard. Uh, yeah. Also, I do and get. I, I always we always do get a lot of people who come over to the table and are like, "Oh, so are you the creator?" And I'm like, "Yes, I can draw in every style." Can't you? Tell? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, yeah. I did draw both. You know, Orange Junk Knights Errant and Magical How. How did you know? <laughs> Speaking of Knights Errant, so the first show that we had it at was Bishonen Con, where it was definitely a hit, although it was a relatively you know small audience. When we brought it to TCAF, that bo- that book was doing very well. Uh, even like I would love to bring Jen Doyle up at some point um, to sign it because for every year we've gone to TCAF, that Night- Night's Errant was a sparkler series. People were like, "When is the book? When is the book? When is the book?" Yeah. And so we got a lot of people that were like, "Night's Errant! It's Night's Errant!" And and even people who had never heard of it before, it was like the first thing that everybody picked up. I think it's mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful cover. It's got like that shimmer into it because of the foil stamp and it's like all black you know and it, it's just such a cool <laughs> book and whenever new people swing by they're like hi hello how you doing their hand always went for night's errand to pull it off the rack first <laughs> like, yeah. we uh we and we were really excited to, to do that book yeah every year we try to have you know at least one or two books new sort of for the con season and this year night's errand night's errand came out in, uh, around christmas and was that the only book that we didn't have last year oh I mean, we had Hopla this year. That was new, too. Yeah, but that's not really ours. It might be, but there are a number yeah. of books that we're still working on that uh, for the later con season we might have. Uh, obviously, Orange Drunk 2 and 3. Um, yeah, it's always really hard to process. hit the TCAF deadlines, you know? It's, it's just so, so early, early in the yeah, year. in this season. So a lot of times we'll have a book or two extra at Kineticon. Yep. Yeah, because yeah, the two big seasons that we try to hit every year... With as far as our print books goes, which I mean, granted, we we've scaled our print department way down, um, but even with that, there's like the Christmas season, and that's what Knights Errant was for, and then there's the Con season, which is what we're trying to do, sort of Orange Junk two and three. So we'll see how it goes. We might use a different printer from two and three that we did for one, as long as they you know look the same. But I think um, basically the printer who did Knights Errant did such a really good job. <laughs> I kind of like <laughs> might you know we might try more print runs with them and uh although you know the, the people who did orange junk one they also did like chimaka and and offbeat and Windrose, which also came out really great these, these are all canadian printers by the way there's oh, yeah. a reason why uh a lot of books in america if you open it up it says printed in canada because they have really mm-hmm. cheap paper they have oh, lots and, and lots of trees but yeah, yeah no like, I mean, like price wise they can beat china and then yep. it doesn't take six weeks just to get to the other country, you know? They just drive yeah. it down. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like, we've we've printed all of our books in Canada so far, mm-hmm. which is nice. Great. So, uh, Heldred, you, you've mentioned at some point that you wanted to do uh, Anime Expo. Is that your, your next dream con in the United States? Well, yeah, but I'm not sure because right now, <laughs> the way things are with, you know, Trump and everything... I don't think it would be good uh, for me as a Mexican to go and have business um, illegally at Cone. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so I'm not sure if I could, but I would love to maybe as an attendee or maybe, I don't know, if I could share a table with someone and I could send my books without having to go with them at at my suitcase. Right. (laughs) That would be easier. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we're actually, we have been looking at AX because, like, Anime Expo is the, the biggest mm-hmm. anime con by kind of a lot. Like, I remember back in the day when it was sort of like Anime Expo and, and, and Otakon were both kind of like 20,000, maybe 30,000 people. Um, now, I think last year, Anime Expo was something like 90,000 people. Uh, Otakon is, has, has hit its cap somewhere somewhere below, below 40,000. It's like usually between 20 and 30, maybe a little more. Mm. Um but Anime Expo is just humongous. And it's in Los Angeles where Lillian is. Mm. So uh, I might be going this year. I know she's, she's gone a couple times like to check it out. And I might be going this year uh, to join Seven Seas, uh, the publisher oh, that I work cool. for. Because they're doing a big show. And I'd like to check it out, too. Because mm. people have recommended that like, if Sparkler is going to do any other West Coast con other than Yaoi Con, Anime Expo is the one. So there, mm. there might be a chance that we could do that. And then, you know, obviously, as your publisher we'll have the books and we will sell them for you and you can just come and sign. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we're also looking at uh, FlameCon in Brooklyn this year, which uh, I'm a little late on getting my material together for that. So I'm not entirely sure, but um, Hive is a, a sponsor of that one, Hiveworks. So they're like, who oh, wants yeah. to go to, to FlameCon, which is kind of a queer comics con, mm-hmm. which for the first few years, I wasn't entirely sure we should go to because it seemed kind of like where you know queer creators will go mm-hmm. and promote their books and i'm like well i don't want to encroach <laughs> on that <laughs> like but it seems like you know people really love it and it's you know uh, people aren't they're like no no, no sparkle should totally come so i, I just basically mm-hmm. wanted somebody to tell me yes this this is a, a proper place for sort of a publisher to go <laughs> and also so. a, yeah i heard place. about it from yeah Anika. she says she's going Oh, nice. So they said good things about FlameCon, so I think it would be a nice experience. Yeah, and it's quite close to Rebecca and I are as well. Um, Sparkle's kind of an, an interesting case because we're not an explicitly queer publisher, but I more than 50% of what we publish is queer. <laughs> yeah, and a lot yeah. of creators are, you know, uh, yeah. are queer also, yeah. A lot, a lot of our yeah. fans are, you know, like just we're, we're mm-hmm. very queer friendly without being explicitly only queer stories. Yeah. Right, which is why I was kind of like, uh, I'd like to go, and I feel like we have stuff that people want, but I also like, <laughs> I don't know if 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 I, I thought we're taking table space from an explicitly queer publisher, you know. Um, but of course, HiveWorks, uh, they have a ton of stuff under the umbrella, and and they go there with a lot of their different artists and stuff. And uh, it's funny because very recently we started these Sparkler surveys, and we were looking at demographics. We were discussing this the other day that at this point, based on the people who answered the most, you know, the most recent survey, we have more non-binary than male readers. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really great. interesting. We've always been somewhere in the, like, eh, 70 to 75% female. That That's always been true. Because we, we've done um demographic survey before as well. This is not the first one we've done. And it was always sort of like the last 25% were split between men and non-binary. But right now, it's actually non-binary. Non-binary is beating out the number of men that we have it was like the, the way that wow. 25 split yeah which was really interesting and mm-hmm. even though it's not a huge evolution of where we are because again it, the the 75 female has more or less been the same for a while since we've started doing these surveys um it is it, it is interesting seeing that kind of like shift the, the continuous shift happening even if it's small and i i think these surveys we're going to start doing more regularly so if you guys are on the, the sparkler website now in the sidebar there's like a sparkler survey button uh, if you want to tell us about yourself and the stuff that you like, th- that's a really great place for you to just click there. And if you have two minutes, you can say like what your favorite series are. You can say, um, 
I think in this case, there's some voting that's tied to the Tokidemus Kickstarter. There's questions about age and, and where you're from and stuff. And we're getting, and also a place for you to just say, you know, what would you like Sparkler to do? <laughs> like, is there something that you would Sparkler offer that we really don't? And it's it's been super valuable. And, and the few times that we've done this in the past were also really interesting, but I'm really curious about doing this kind of monthly to see as things, yeah. like, to get a, a, a bigger data set to see sort of what people want, what people are into, and the fact that, uh, you know, our, our shifting demographics, the people who are reading us, which in many ways I think does uh, match also our content getting more queer, like just in general, because it was always pretty queer, but it has definitely gotten more and more queer over yeah. the years. Unfortunately, the, the the awesome gay love stories keep being spoilers. <laughs> yeah, the, there were that issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. because like Winrose was an example of that that we couldn't tell people that it was a bisexual love triangle because it wasn't super clear oh. and it was kind of a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of our and, stuff is uh, like action-adventure with romance on the side and yeah. you don't want to spoil the romance before it really, you know, comes mm-hmm. out. And we've know. also found that that's really what people were responding to. We had some stuff that was like a lot more straight and people just, they weren't as into it as like, you know, the the queer stuff or, or I don't want to say they weren't like into it but it was like they were requesting the queer stuff more. Mm-hmm. Um, Orange Junk is an interesting case because it's a it's a pretty straight story. Yeah. Um, but you had that whole thing with Drew and asexuality that came up that oh, really true. resonated with people. True. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, well, actually, it's funny because I always uh, knew that Drew was going to be ace ever since I created this story back in, I don't know, 2011 or wow. something like that. And... Well, at those times, it wasn't such a a thing. I mean, it's only recently where it became something known between people. And I thought it was really interesting how um, it's really resonating with people right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of talk about it now. Um, I yeah. think that, you know, asexuality, which obviously has been around since forever, mm-hmm. uh, more recently became a a very public discussion among sort of our comic spheres as mm-hmm. you know as sort of lgbt rights were, were getting better and better i mean they're still not great in america let's be honest but like you know <laughs> they've been getting better and it's a very public very diverse conversation that's been yeah. happening for like 10 years as that happened now you start seeing people talk about uh, the, the big umbrella that lgbt plus is mm-hmm. and that includes like transgender obviously which has been a, a much more public conversation than it was in the past and then asexuality is probably i would say like at least in our circles like kind of web comics and stuff i would say that's one of the newest conversations that's gotten really oh, big right. Yeah. And like when we'd always we had a couple characters who are either asexual, whether explicitly or implicitly. Skyglass is the easiest example I can think of mm. on the Sparkler lineup that he was. I'm not sure he was, he was aromantic, I think. Mm-hmm. But it was something that we'd kind of people had pitched it to us on and off. And there were some things where we're like, yeah, you know, or no, like there wasn't anything that had an asexual lead character that was a I should, like the story itself wasn't really good enough. Like people were pitching it, but we didn't find one that was like something we really wanted to publish. And it just happened to have an asexual lead, but it was mm-hmm. something we always had our eyes on. And we didn't know that about Drew until you did that chapter. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, it was just like hinting it, but mm-hmm. because, well, even in the first chapters where some girls are asking him if 
he likes someone or and he's kind of dodgy because he doesn't mm. really want to answer because he doesn't really know himself yet. Mm. Yeah, and you know, it's it the, the nice thing about Drew is that you did plant all those seeds and it's the kind of thing that when that conversation actually happened, it made perfect sense, mm. but you didn't yeah. really it didn't really fit together until he came out and started talking about it. So, you know, yeah. but yeah, Drew really feels like at least to me, like he feels like an asexual character and, you know, the problems he has with feeling kind of, you know, a little out of step from what all of his peers are doing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I think mm -hmm. that's part of what resonated with people because it's not just like you're taking this character and sort of pasting a label on top of him, but mm -hmm. it just, you know, when, when he actually kind of claims his own label is when things start to make sense because he's been involved in some romantic things that didn't go super well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, part of that is like having trouble navigating that because he's not totally sure, not even so much not sure what he wants, but not sure why what he wants isn't lining up what he thinks he should want. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's at least how mm -hmm. I read it. Yeah, I mean, he's just worried because he feels like he's not like the like the others mm -hmm. and starts wondering if there's something wrong with him. But it's because he actually, well, is in the spectrum of asexuality. So until he realizes that there's that, then he becomes more aware of himself and starts accepting um, well, that side of him. So wonderful. <laughs> and also yeah. Drew is just the cutest, <laughs> so, you know. Oh, yeah, I love, freaking love Drew. But yeah, that's uh, it, it's great. I think that a lot of our material, like, you're a really great example of a story that comes across as really straight, but has, you know, really powerful queer themes in it. Uh, mm -hmm. And also, you know, the good the good thing about these cons, I mean, besides all the other good stuff that we talked about, is we get to meet readers face to face. And some of them are new um, people who are just like, hey, I saw the splash, the sparkly stuff on your table and I had to come by. And some people are like, I've been your subscriber since year one. You know, these these wonderful jewels of human beings who have been following us forever <laughs> and come to say hi. Um and we see through that the demographics that there are. And like I joked about earlier with the Dakimakura, that there are plenty of men who come to our tables. Like, I never <laughs> doubted that Sparkler had male readers. First of all, because Shoujo has always had male readers as well. Yeah. Um, but also, they come to the table and they buy Dakimakura from us. So, like, I'm not, <laughs> like, they're not hiding. They're not, you know, embarrassed. And I, I think some of them definitely do identify as queer. A lot of people who come to us, not, not necessarily because of what they say, but it's a con. So a lot of people are wearing buttons that have like pronouns or, you know, they're wearing rainbow flags. Uh, there was uh, yeah. <laughs> one year we did Anime Boston right after gay marriage passed uh, nationally. Yeah, that and was that was a great show. That was that such was, a that show was awesome. And it was like it was basically like a big queer party. Like Whoa. people were just like carrying rainbow flags with them and everybody was kind of decked out. Everybody was in a really good mood. And like it was it was sexually charged a little bit too, which was kind of <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was yeah, it was great. I mean, because like I expected a crowd like that at YaoiCon, but like Anime Boston the year that gay marriage passed nationally, that that was the queerest con I've been at. And it was so wonderful. It was so and good. I, we did really well yeah. at that show. <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, we take yeah. sparkler readers however they are. And, you know, if, if FlameCon is sort of where we belong, and, and besides the fact that people have encouraged us, if, you know, I wanted to hear people say that. I didn't, I didn't want to be presumptuous, but it, it sounds like it could really be great. And I would 
really like to go, especially since they have like really great creators go every year. People mm-hmm. I'd love to meet, and it's mm-hmm. in New York City. So hopefully we'll do that. We, we will yeah. say that we do definitely choose cons based on cities that have couches we can crash on. <laughs> and, and also the general like like there's certain yeah. like we wouldn't go to dragon con you know like it's just it's not our crowd yeah. not that it like, that's a good thing i'd like that to be more our crowd as well because i want to make the sparkler tent very broad but um we've always done sort of more anime based cons plus tcaf in general and i think flame con which is more like you know it's it's really not a manga show it's kind of like a, a queer comic show mm-hmm. but apparently people who do web comics are doing really well there you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's. Well, and I mean, we're hell, really where where do you think the really great queer comics are? They're on the internet, you know. I mean, like exactly. <laughs> a lot yep. of the, yeah, a lot of the other companies they kind of dip a toe in, but web comics have like some of the most incredible gay love stories I've ever read in my life. You know. Oh yeah, and like a huge chunk of tapas is just like boys love now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of been taken over by boys love, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Heldra, did you have any closing words you wanted to give the people out there? Well. I just want to say um, that I was really surprised and happy to see how diverse TCAF was. To be honest, it was my first time seeing so many people gathered together. Um, I don't know, of all races, all genders, it was amazing, to be honest. In Mexico, you don't see that. So for me, it was a great experience and I learned a lot, definitely. Oh, yeah. nice. All ages, too. Kids yeah. And oh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Grandmas, little kids who want to hug Gabe. <laughs> that that yeah, cute, that was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to go back. Really, it was amazing. We hope you can come back. That would be great if you could come back. Like you know, yeah. just let us know. Yeah. We, well, well, we I do it every year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's true awesome. that may, maybe skipping over the U.S. and going to Canada for the next couple of years is a good time. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. We oh, laugh so we don't sad. have to cry. <laughs> I hope that any of you who are somewhere near a city that we can crash on a couch in can come see us at con sometime because it is just a really good time and we love getting to, you know, put the face to the Twitter handle and, uh, you know, meet the people who read our stuff and pass on messages and hear what you like and don't like and just talk comics because, I mean, you know, we're huge nerds, all of us. We can talk comics forever, literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's what we do at Con Weekends is we sit at the table and talk comics and then we mm-hmm. go to a party and talk comics and then we get dinner and we talk comics, you know, so... And so draw. we do and draw. <laughs> yeah. Some some of us draw. Some of us look over the shoulders of people who are drawing and and are amazed by the fact that they can yeah. draw. But uh, we're in awe that yeah. you guys draw at a party, like oh. a dark party, and it's like these amazing pieces of art coming out. It's like you know, how do you even have the light to draw to? This is a dim <laughs> club. Uh, I love I love just looking over and it's like oh oh yeah, there's that character from that thing that I love. Just you know, mm-hmm. on a piece of paper, like giving a thumbs up, being awesome. Artists are magic. We love you. <laughs> so, but anyways, yeah, I hope we all get we get to see all of our listeners and readers at a con sometime. And actually, I wanted to mention uh, we wanted to have a Q&A podcast at some point. We're going to advertise this elsewhere, uh, I think, on mm-hmm. one of the surveys and probably on social media. Mm-hmm. But if you have any questions for us that you would like answered on a podcast, uh, we do want we do we want to in the in the near future do a big publisher Q&A where you can ask us anything about Sparkler or the publishing industry and comics in general and and web fiction and audio dramas and all that stuff. So if you've got any questions, just uh, 
direct them toward our Twitter. That's probably the best place, or you can also do Facebook or email or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, thank you for listening, and uh, we will talk to you again next month. Yay! Bye! Bye.